The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Game On! Business Talk Radio with your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Our program is not afraid to discuss the more controversial business ideas and topics. Get ready for an unfiltered discussion of problems and solutions that today's businesses, large or small, face daily. Now, here is Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Hi, this is Game On! with D. Anthony Miles. We have an awesome show for you today. You want to get some coffee and have a seat? You're going to want to listen to this show today. You're going to need a Bible and a seatbelt for today's show. Our topic for today is credit reports and employment. Should your boss be allowed to check your credit report? Let me give you some interesting uh, background on this show. Now, employers across the country are now using credit reports as a part of their hiring procedures. The subject of using credit reports in the application process is becoming a standard practice. One of the prevailing issues now is that employers outside of financial institutions are now using credit reports as a standard practice for hiring. Now, however, using credit reports as a standard practice of hiring can have damaging and legal consequences to employers. For example, some states are now prohibiting employers from using credit reports as a standard practice for uh, applicants. Some of the employers are taking this practice probably a little too far, especially for non-financial related jobs. This can be and is a huge problem. We'll be joined by our guest today to answer some of these questions. Should your prospective employer be allowed to check your credit report or access your credit report? Should your current employer be allowed to access and review your credit report? And if it is questionable, should they be, uh, have the ability to terminate you? And lastly, should employees have some protection against these practices in terms of pulling your credit report? Let me give you some interesting facts on this. In an article that I pulled up called Can, Pro- Can Prospective Employers Check Your Credit Report by Lisa Gurin, she states that the economic downturn has led to many politicians to reconsider whether it's a fair or productive practice for employers to use credit reports in making their hiring decisions. She goes on further in the article to say that uh, this can lead to a vicious cycle. Now, because this leads to a vicious cycle, that means people with poor credit reports are less likely to find work, which means their credit report will get even worse, and so will their job prospects. She goes on further to say that at least seven states, California, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Oregon, and Washington, have all passed laws prohibiting employers from pulling credit reports at all or restricting how and when they may use them in a hiring practice and also for their hiring decisions. According to the National Conference State of Legislatures, the NCSL, more than 20 states are currently reconsidering similar legislation. So let me introduce our guest today. Uh, We have Charles Lamberton and we have Jay Mischke. Let me give you a background on Charles. Charles Lamberton is president of Lamberton Law Firm, LLC, a boutique 
workplace rights and employment discrimination law firm based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His experience is he's a leading Pittsburgh employment discrimination and wrongful termination attorney. He has recovered millions of dollars for his clients. His cases have been covered in several major news media, such as the San Francisco Chronicle, the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, Forbes, the Miami Herald, and he's also represents employees in, throughout the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. His education background is he has a JD from the University of Pittsburgh School of Law, where he graduated with honors, and a BA in economics from St. Olive College. I want to thank Mr. Charles Lamberton for joining us today. Uh, Doc, it's a, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Our second guest needs no introduction. This is Jay Meshke. He's president of CBiz Human Capital Services and EFL Associates. Uh, he oversees business units that provides executive search and compensation consulting, human resources outsourcing and consulting, and career transition services. He has over 19 years of experience in executive search in the executive search industry, and he's a nationally known top practitioner in this field. He's one of the top 1% of all search consultants nationwide. He Dr. also Miles, has a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I also want to also let people know that you have a portfolio of 500 clients and assignments in a variety of industries. You have a, he has a BA in finance and marketing from the University of Kansas and a BS in business administration from the University of Kansas. I want to thank Jay Meshke for joining us. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing great. Great. Awesome. I want to, uh, I got a lot of email on this uh, topic and, uh, I would like to know from both of you, why is this such a hot topic with credit reports and employment? What's, what do you think is driving this as a hot topic? Um, so I'll take a, a stab at that. This is Charles out in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, the, the United States is just coming out of the most significant economic downturn since the Great Depression. Um, tens of millions of hardworking uh, American workers uh, went through profound uh, financial hardship during the Great Recession. Um, many lost their homes. Uh, many were unemployed for um, 18 months or longer. Uh, many be uh, became um, indebted uh, through reasons that were um, of no fault of their own. And as a consequence, these, the economic calamity of the Great Recession um, uh, and the circumstances that these um, individuals went through, uh, they had effects on their credit reports. And uh, we are still struggling as a country with uh, abnormally high unemployment. Um, the recovery, such as it's been, has been sluggish at best. Uh, and yet we find employers, um, not all of them, but a great many of them, and at an increasing rate, are using uh, credit checks as a screening tool um, for applicants for employment. Um, credit checks were not designed to be uh, employment screening tools. They were designed to assist lenders in making informed decisions about making loans to individuals who were seeking to borrow money uh, and to help the, the lenders decide whether, given the uh, prospective borrower's existing financial obligations uh, or potential past history in repaying debts, they'd be a good person to lend to. 
Um, they were not designed to screen applicants for employment and certainly not to, not to screen out employees from an employer's current workforce. Uh, we uh, see uh, a lot of problems with this practice. There's no research um, to date, and this has been something that's, going, that's been going on in the American uh, workplace for some time. There's no research to date that shows any statistical correlation between um, what's reflected in an employee's credit report and whether they're going to be a good performer on the job or whether they're going to um, engage in some sort of illicit conduct like embezzlement or fraud or what have you. Uh, 52% of the information, um, according to the uh, Federal Reserve Board, that shows up in a credit report um, as a bad debt uh, that's been unpaid has to do with a medical expense of some kind. Uh, and at least 21%, according to the um, FTC, of credit reports that are generated include some kind of error. So we think that this is a... Um, systemic practice that is not good for applicants for employment. It's not good for employees. It doesn't make a lot of sense for employers, given the absence of any empirical data that uh, you know, shows a connection between what's in a report and whether an employee is going to be a good performer. Um, and actually, it's bad for the country, because as you alluded to, doctor, in your opening remarks, uh, this does perpetuate a vicious cycle, whereby someone who um, through no far fault of their own, uh, lost a job during the Great Recession. Perhaps they had a, uh, a sickness um, or an injury, uh, and they incurred substantial medical expenses, or they went through a divorce, uh, and they fell behind on bills, and their credit uh, report uh, reflected uh, as much, uh, are now unable to find the work that they need to uh, resuscitate their credit. <laughs> and uh, rejoin the workforce. So we think it's a bad practice, and we applaud those states that are taking steps to uh, limit employers' discretion in conducting these kinds of checks. Dr. Thank Miles, you. let me jump in here. This is Jay Metzke. Go ahead, Jay. And, go ahead, and Jay. Can I go ahead unless you have a follow-up question? No, no. I, I, go ahead, Jay. Jump yeah. in. You know, I, I agree with Charles in many respects, um, although I will uh, provide context. You know, I come from a background where our organization assists companies, organizations in hiring individuals. And most of our work, if not all of our work, is in the C-suite or the top levels within the organizations. And I think there's the context here, I think as Charles, you're aptly saying, is that we are coming out of a recession, and these times are unprecedented. And I think employers, many of which who do use credit checks as a tool, as a data point in the hiring process, I think uh, organizations are smart enough to understand and at least have a little bit of common sense about them that people have been impacted at this point in history more so than in the past. However, there are a lot of reasons that a credit report can be used as a data point. And notice, I underline that word, data point. In fact, if, if you really think about this and you go back to look at the Society of Human Resources Management, which is one of the leading associations in HR, you know, the reason a, a uh, credit report is used is you know, about 45% of the time it's needed uh, to reduce theft and embezzlement or potential theft and embezzlement in an organization. Um, there's obviously a percentage there, about 22% companies use uh, credit reports to reduce the legal liability. Uh, 19% uh, use it to uh, check the trustworthiness of a candidate. And 10% uh, do it just really to help comply with certain laws. But 
I will tell you, when we are advising a client to hire someone, we almost require them to do a full background check. Now, granted, most of our uh, projects are at the C-suite, and in many cases, as Charles, you said earlier, I, I think it's a data point that is a necessary data point in the, in the uh, hiring process from a standpoint of a certain level within an organization, and if that position in and of itself has some sort of fiduciary capacity. And, Dr. Miles, you said that earlier, I think, in your monologue, that um, you know, when you have someone in a chief financial officer position and someone in a dealing with accounts payable or accounts receivable or have access to fiduciary funds of a company, then I think a credit report is one data point in the process. Is it an acid test? No. Is it a litmus test? No. But it's a data point that might be bring to bear some uh, some uh, decision-making uh, apparatus as we look at uh, hiring someone. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, we had a recent uh, issue here in San Antonio. I know if you uh, guys heard this up in your states. We had an individual that was uh, considered for a uh, superintendent job with a school district here. And uh, it came to the attention of the uh, search committee, or people outside the search committee, rather. And this individual uh, wasn't paying his taxes. He had, uh, I'm not sure what the story was. He wasn't paying his taxes, and he had some debts or something that he wasn't paying. And he was immediately, immediately questioned about that. Why didn't the search committee... Uh, consider that because he basically had the job in the search committee, people outside the search committee, because it made the media here. They're asking why didn't the search committee mm-hmm. take that in consideration in the job hiring? I want to know what you guys feel about that. What do you think, Charles? Well, I mean, it, it's a slightly different context when we're talking about a public entity that mm-hmm. um, is, you know, entrusted to be a, a responsible steward of public funds and to discharge um, public functions for the public benefit. Um, I think that uh, given that fiduciary role that that, that particular employer holds to- toward the citizens and toward the public they serve, um, it's probably a stronger argument um, on the employer side as to why these kinds of um, checks need to be run. Um, and again, that, that's a special fiduciary relationship between the employer of the uh, applicant who ends up having the, the bad um, background check and the uh, uh, constituents of the public agency and the, the officials who run the public agency. But that's not the situation with um, uh, most private employers. And so I think that's a little bit different from what we see uh, uh, in the private sector. Um, I, I think that Jay um, is correct in his measured assessment of the eff- efficacy of these devices for so-called C-suite employees. Um, it may be a data point that can be considered, um, although there are a variety of issues that go along with that that still, I think, uh, uh, give us reason to uh, be concerned and, and uh, take pause. Jay, what do you think about that? Well, you know, I, I think, uh, again, most public entities, which would which be, be government enterprises or, or a nonprofit or something, certainly they're in the public eye. And their fiduciary role, although not greater than other private employers, is certainly one that uh, comes underneath the microscope a lot. And it would probably be a little bit of a, a challenge. I would challenge the search committee who was involved with that search 
that they did they really perform a full blown background check and let's let's face it, in today's day and age of the internet um, when an individual is hired at an organization, especially in a senior role, uh, you know within nanoseconds, everyone in that organization and everyone in the public researches that individual and they find out all different kinds of information about the individual not not credit related necessarily because you have to have release forms for that but it, it, it's, it's certainly a scrutiny and i I would say if someone has had an issue um, like that, those kinds of issues, i.e. the tax return issue, which should come up in a background check. And frankly, whoever is performing that search, whether it be the search committee themselves or if they're using outside third party, they should be talking to that individual to try to get mitigating circumstances on what has happened there. It kind of goes back to what Charles said earlier, which I, I agree with wholeheartedly. Here you have a lot of people who have had challenges throughout the the uh, economic downturn, and you know who knows when some individual happened to had have, uh, have a, a aging parent who had some health issues. Next thing you know, they went into debt significantly, became late on their credit, maybe had to file a bankruptcy, and so on. And that's no fault of their own. It was a situational deal. Well, if no one ever asked the question to get the mitigating story behind the story, then it's really their own fault on, on making that. Uh, making maybe a bad decision by just jumping to conclusions. I think anytime you run any sort of background check or credit check, you, you, ha- you can't just rely on the uh, prima facie evidence there. You have to go a little bit deeper. And I, I think that, I think, uh, Charles, you would advise your clients or, or you would probably quiz uh, your opponents on the other side about that very kind of fact. Yeah, you know, and I, I guess, I mean, looking at it a little bit more from the, the you know, macro view, mm-hmm. um, you know. Hey, the- Charles. Yeah, we got to take our first break. Can you oh, hold sure. that thought? Absolutely. Oh, uh, we need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Game on Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, we're back. This is Game On Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles, and we're going to continue our discussion on credit reports and employment. And uh, we stopped with uh, Mr. Charles Lamberton. He was making his point. Go ahead, uh, Charles. Yeah, I, I was just going to point out that, you know, one of the, the fundamental questions um, I think that is confronting any uh, regulatory body that's wrestling with uh, the decision on whether to place some restrictions on employer decision-making with respect to these kinds of inquiries is, you know, how much do we trust um, employers to self-police, to um, use the information that they gather uh, when they examine a credit report um, in a legitimate job-related way that's consistent with, um, you know, sound business practices and not to use it for reasons that are unfair or discriminatory or invalid. Um, and that's a question that, you know, from the beginning of the country through today, and it will continue to be through the end of time, that we have always wrestled with. Uh, and I think we're starting to see that um, while some employers out there um, have the best of intentions and uh, the best of motives um, and use credit report information for reasons, particularly if they're financial institutions and other entities like that, that, that can make a colorable claim to uh, having a bona fide need for this kind of information, uh, that use them for legitimate purposes. There are others that don't, um, and that's the risk. Um, how do you know... Um, that uh, the the vast majority of employers or employers in the normal course aren't uh, abusing uh, the current freedom they have to examine what's in a credit report. The, fa- the Fair Credit Reporting Act on the federal level um, allows employers to uh, reject applicants, reject empl- fire employees uh, who refuse to authorize uh, the employer to examine a credit report. Um, there are very limited remedies on uh, what an employee can do if there's an adverse action that's taken. There's essentially only a requirement that the employer have to tell um, the applicant or employee that they um, have been rejected for employment or fired from their job because of information in the credit report, provide them a copy of the report, um, and give them a little process after that. But it's um you know the the federal law doesn't do a lot to protect um employees from the kinds of abuses that um can be committed uh with respect to the information in these reports and that i think is one of the reasons why we're seeing uh, more and more of the states i think we're up to 10 states now uh taking action um uh on their own parts to sort of fill in the gaps that the federal law uh has left open um, you know, the, the other thing that, that I think is, is important uh, to consider uh, about the use of credit reports is 
you know, we can probably all think of people right now, um, whether it's Bernie Madoff or some other white-collar criminal who had great credit histories uh, before they were convicted of felony white-collar crime and sent to prison. Um, So, you know, is this something that is going to tell us whether a prospective applicant, even for the C-suite, um, is going to be um, you know straight and narrow and and honorable. I, I you know the evidence isn't there, and we have um, you know a multiplicity of examples of people who you know, making plenty of money, doing well. Their credit reports were wonderful, and yet they engaged in really bad conduct. So it, I, I think it does still remain a bit of a mystery as to why um, employers, even for the C-suite positions and even for financial institutions, uh, need this kind of information. Um, although I, I do grant that even the states that uh, are enacting more protections um, seem to agree that that need is legitimate because uh, all of the state laws carve out exceptions for banks, financial institutions, and uh, high-level positions. Dr. Miles, this is Jay Meschke. Let me kind of weigh in ahead, on this, Jay. too. Uh, one of our vendors who we use outside vendors to perform the background checks, which include credit checks, gave me a quote the other day, which I thought was interesting. He said, you know, people don't steal out of greed, necessarily. Now you have the Bernie Madoffs as an exception. They generally steal out of need. And, and so someone gets, uh, if, if there's an embezzlement issue in an organization, all of a sudden they become stretched, they see an opening, a lack of internal controls in an organization, and they go in there. Uh, will a credit report um, uh, necessarily tell you that? Maybe not. But there might be some interesting, uh, uh, there might be some signs that are buried in there. Uh, I agree with Charles in a lot of respects. Um, you know, at the lower levels within organization, at an entry level, you know, do you really need to run a credit report on someone? Probably not. I mean, there are things like drug screens and other tools that are being used as well that may be a whole other topic for us on another day. But, uh, but I would tell you this. I, I think that, that uh, even though all these states, in fact, you know, I think it is up to 10 states now, Nevada and Colorado just passed some legislation on this too, that are prohibiting the use of credit reporting. I think it, let, let's turn the tables a little bit to an individual. If I were advising a job applicant, mm-hmm. if they're going through a, a job search, one of the things they should do is they should pull their own credit report. And every assistant in the United States has the ability to do that on an annual basis. In fact, I think it's www.annualcreditreport.com, and we can all go out there and find out what's on a credit report for us as an individual. Why is that important? Well, you know, there's garbage in and garbage out at all levels in technology, and in many cases, a credit report may be inaccurate. If someone has a common name like Joe Smith or Jolene Jones, who knows that if uh, there might be another Joe Smith or Jolene Jones out there that somehow got... Uh, involved in that person's credit report, and it's really a good idea that when an applicant uh, uh, knows what their credit looks like, they can mitigate that by getting some of that expunged off their record. Or if it's in, a- or if it's, uh, or if it is real, to know what's out there so they can be proactive with an employer and say, "Hey, I've signed this release. I know you're going to run a credit report on me. Let me tell you what you're going to find on that credit report." You're going to find a bankruptcy. And the reason I had, was bankrupt is that my wife lost her job. 
you know, our, our aging parents had medical issues. We had to pick that up. We were the only ones there, and we had to declare bankruptcy. And that, I want you to know that up front. Now, I tell you that, when an applicant tells me that, I don't care what level they're in, all of a sudden they mitigate that trust issue, okay? And I say, hey, this is a person I can believe in. They had tough times, but they did that in a proactive manner rather than just hoping someone doesn't find out something bad on the credit report. And so and the technology is there, the tools are there for an applicant to take matters in their own hands. And, and I think uh, that's a wise thing, maybe a nugget of information that your listeners will, can get out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank you. Just, uh, Doctor, uh, I just have a quick response to that. The the, the, the process for um, uh, remediating uh, a discovered error on a credit report is uh, arduous at best. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Take, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it can take uh, a long time, um, and uh, there's no guarantee that even though the error is... Um, is in fact an error that it is going to be corrected. Um, you could in fact be stuck with it despite your best efforts. That's number one. Um, uh, number two, the, the the idea of self-disclosure and proactivity. I've seen a lot of, um, and I've heard a lot of people sort of uh, you know talk about that and and uh, tell um, applicants that you know as a job seeker this ought to be something that you think about doing. But you know there there's risk there um, in the giving of that kind of advice because you know one of the statistics I mentioned in my uh, uh, opening remarks is that you know 52 percent of the the bad debts that are reported on a credit report have something to do with medical expenses, mm-hmm. and if if we start telling applicants for employment that they need to be proactive and and self disclose. Um, uh, you know, let's say they're one of the people who've, who have uh, bills from, I'm just making something up, but the University of Pittsburgh Cancer Center, okay? Uh, now all of a sudden we're, we're running into issues under one of the civil rights laws. That's now an issue, an issue under the Americans with Disabilities Act because there's an entire provision of that statute that regulates when employers and whether employers can make disability-related inquiries of, of applicants or employees or ask them to submit to medical tests. And if the employer uh, either forces an employee to make those kinds of disclosures when the employer doesn't have a right to under the law, and it's really a staged process, um, or uh, uses uh, a medical disclosure as a screening tool when it's not job-related or consistent with business necessity, uh, or because they just think, hey, this employee has had medical issues in the past, and maybe they're a cancer survivor, and who knows if it's just going to come back two years from now, and it'll be a big sunk cost. You know, there's legal exposure to employers who do that, um, and it's telling applicants for employment, at least those who have bad debts that are connected with medical expenses, to do something that legally they don't have an obligation to do. So I, I, I think that... Um, you know that also needs to be considered in in uh, giving that kind of advice advice to applicants because the statutory protections under the ADA exist for a reason and that's one of them. That's well, and I, I agree with you, Charles. It's a slippery slope. But uh, if many cases, if someone's using a credit report as a means to uh, be the truth detector, um, if you want to, as an applicant wants to eliminate that, they certainly should use that as a tool in their toolbox. Whether they choose to use it or not, is their own discretion, and then they fall underneath all kinds of other issues that might come on that. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask both of you, 
because this is very interesting. What if uh, you already have the job and your employer wants to check your credit, say, periodically every two years, Mm -hmm. and then you have a hiccup and then decides to use that to either deny your promotion Mm -hmm. or uh, terminate you because uh, you got divorced and your wife went and ran up, ex-wife went and ran up a bunch of credit because I was in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. What what do you think about a, a, a that type of scenario? Uh, Jay, do you want to start? Do you want me to yeah, start? I'll start on this one uh, again? That probably the answer is it depends. I would say <laughs> many many people in the uh, background check field uh, that are vendors to ours would advise clients to do a background check and a uh, and which would include a credit report uh, as much as as often as annually. Now let's let's put this into context. Uh, what, what do we need to really check for, right? If there are people in fiduciary roles, i.e., they have access to money, access to technology, and they have access to company funds and the like, you know, that may be something that, that an insurance carrier may view as a risk management tool to do. Uh, again, it's a little bit of a slippery slope. We have a lot of slippery slopes here, but that may be one thing to look at. Well, let's take another case example, and this is not really credit check, but let's say that we have a company and we have a lot of drivers, right? And our drivers are delivering things around, they are route sales or something, delivering around the city or something along those lines. And let's say that they have a DUI of some sort of, uh, of other issue, not credit related. And it, uh, the employer doesn't find out about that if all of a sudden that person is drinking on the job and uh, runs over a, an unsuspecting citizen and has legal issues, there's a liability issue. And now, I know that's not credit-related, but you could uh, take it that and extrapolate that out as well. So I think it's within the rights of an employer to be able to do that. It's, it's just that they have to put that into context and use it in a very judicious manner. Now, I'm sure Charles, with his legal background, will refute some of what I said, but, uh, but I, I think that from a practical perspective, there's a risk issue here from an employer's point of view. Um, so I think the, the, and I'm not entirely sure it was, uh, uh, a hypothetical, but I think what the question that, um, the doctor asked was, uh, you're a current employee, you've been performing to your employer's expectations, you may even be performing above your employer's expectations, but your employer has a policy of conducting a background check that includes a credit report check uh, every 12 months, every 24 months. And uh, in the interim period between your, your uh, reviews, um, one of those checks is conducted, and a, a blip appears on your credit report. And it could be a blip for anything. Maybe you had a dispute with um, uh, a credit card company. Maybe it, it just could be anything, but it's a blip. It's a one-time situation, and it shows up. Uh, your employer uh, calls you in and says you're fired, or we can't demote you, or we're cutting your pay. There's some kind of adverse action that's taken against you. Um, what's the situation with that? The situation is there is nothing under the federal law to stop an employer from doing that. Um, and that's the problem. Uh, you know, we are, as a matter of federal policy, trusting that employers will not make um, bad decisions. Uh, or uh, decisions that are not legitimate and grounded in some sort of uh, business necessity that they have um, uh, that would otherwise make the decision valid and legitimate. And, you know, I I think that, if anything, um, the American experience has told us that 
you know, hate it or not, we need some degree of regulation over the private marketplace because otherwise um, private parties are allowed to make arbitrary and capricious decisions. Uh, and the way I explain this to my clients, I mean, the, the protections for employees in this country on the federal level are, are um, uh, not particularly powerful. Employers can basically do anything they want vis-a-vis applicants and and existing employees um, unless it's one of a very very narrow set of categories that the law says is out of bounds for decision making uh... somebody's race somebody's religion age disability gender and so on okay um, th- those are the big ones but other than that employers can can make employment decisions on on any ground they want it can even be a patently crazy ground so you, you could have a boss that calls you into a meeting one day. And says, you know, uh, Charles, I um, uh, great to see you. I think that you had a, a great year this last year. Your sales are up. You're the highest seller in the department. But you know what? Um, I had uh, a cocktail with the ghost of Abraham Lincoln last night, and he told me that I needed to let you go. Um, and I'm a big fan of Abe Lincoln, so I'm sorry, but you're fired. Now, that is obviously insane, but there is nothing that the federal law says that makes it illegal. And so the question in these cases is, um, are we going to trust employers to self-regulate and to, to make fair decisions toward employees? Um, and the, the answer is, um, I don't think we should as a matter of social policy, and more and more states are agreeing, agreeing with that view. Well, let me take our break here. This was a good time to take our break. I, this is really awesome. Uh, we'll take our break here. This is Game on Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. 
Hi, we're back. This is Game on Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. We're uh, continuing our discussion on credit reports and employment, and uh, we're with Charles Lamberton and Jay Meske. I want to ask you, we talked about this during the break. I want to ask both of you, do you think that in states that have at-will employment and uh, someone wants to use credit as a way to shield themselves from any type of uh, lawsuit or anything from, uh, or from a, fire, a former employee, do you think that... Uh, Credit reports can be snuck up under that umbrella in terms of at-will employment and in terms of terminating someone. What do you think? This is Charles. Um, The answer is yes. Uh, In a state with at-will employment, and um, I'm virtually certain that the vast majority, if not all the states, um, have at-will employment. At-will employment is... You know, it's sort of the default position, and then um, regulatory bodies come in and carve out exceptions to to, to the default position. Um, but in, if we're just assuming a state of at-will employment, um, the answer is yes. Uh, you know, at-will employment means an employer can fire someone or refuse to hire someone for any reason, no reason, or even an abjectly crazy reason. And so an employer may get a credit report on uh, an applicant or an existing employee and just not let, I mean, there may be something in it that just, for whatever reason, the, the, the screening decision maker decides on a subjective basis um, is not a good sign. And they can use that with no restrictions whatsoever to make an adverse employment decision. And it could be with respect to someone who has been successfully performing their job for a long time that's never had any issues. But because something in the mind of the decision maker on a subjective level just didn't feel right about what they found in the credit report, um, they can make a termination decision or a fu- refusal to hire decision. And there's, there's nothing in a state of at-will employment to stop that. Jay, what do you think about that? Well, and you know, Charles, is, I think, is accurate in a lot of those sorts of things. Let's face it, in an at-will state, when someone wants to terminate an existing employee, they can just walk in and say, your services are no longer needed. They probably won't go the next step and say, the reason we're doing this is because you have an adverse credit uh, report uh, that uh, I would not advise any client if I was an attorney to say that, but but they don't need to say that. Even if that is a tool, or even if that is a data point, but um, if, if I don't know that, but uh, they do. Like Jay, Charles said earlier, you can someone could terminate someone for any reason, uh, but they, because they, they, they but looked the wrong. Fact is they, they, they do they need that's that's one of the problems under the federal law. They do need to tell the employee, even if the state law says is is at will under the federal law, Fair Credit Reporting Act. If they're making an adverse employment decision based on the credit report, they have to disclose that. Now, one of the problems that we have is, yeah, I mean, one of the problems we have it have is um, enforcement. Uh, you know, literally, an employer is allowed under the Fair Credit Reporting Act to call up the credit report, look at it, examine it, decide that they don't like something in it, go into the employee's office and say, um, hey, uh, Charles, um, you're fired because of whatever. And it has nothing to do with what they saw in the credit report, uh, the reason they give. But, in fact, it does. <laughs> and and the, 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 how does the employee know that, though? Um, what they mechanism? <laughs> yeah, they, they won't. And, yeah. and, and that's... You know, that's one of the big deficiencies, one of the big donut holes in the federal law. Um, and uh, I think the enforcement agencies need to be a lot more aggressive um, about making sure that employers are complying with that law. Yeah. And I, I think, Charles, you're absolutely right. I think that the regulation there is to protect the citizenry, right? 
and and uh, and to make sure that they're not unduly discriminated against in a variety of different ways. From a practical perspective, though, if someone is going through layoffs, I've never heard of any of my clients ever go and say, "Okay, we're going to run credit reports on all of our existing employees," and those that come back with adverse, we're going to fire them. I've never heard anyone say that. So now, does that happen? It may. Will anyone know about? It? Probably not, because that, there'll be some other reason that will be will be utilized. And, and that may be a flaw, a hole in the system, but uh, but I just think from a practical matter, I, I don't see that coming up uh, very often. That's pretty interesting. I, I remember uh, when I was getting out of college, the first uh, I got recruited by a company, and the first thing they asked me was uh, uh, they wanted to uh, get my social security number and they wanted to pull my credit report. It was for a uh, financial services uh, uh, job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was. I was like, "Wow, this is for real." And it's mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. what would, what advice would you give college kids? Because a lot of my students are graduating. What advice would you both of you would would uh, that you would give college kids coming out of school now? What kind of advice would you give them? Well, typically, um, a college kid may not have a lot of credit, uh, other than maybe massive student loans. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh yeah, but, but I think um, I think what I think for an entry level position. That's probably not as certain salary band responsibility. I would tell the employer they probably don't need to run a credit report. And by and also, it should never be used as the litmus acid test, a door to open to pass through. It, it's just it shouldn't be. And so I don't think it, as a matter of course, a, a, a at entry levels or even coming out of college, whatever position that might be, that's probably not a big should not be a big issue in this hiring decision, um, and, and just in my opinion, from a practical sense. Charles, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, doing what I do, um, I, you know, have been around the block enough times to uh, know that, uh, you know, employers will do things um, that they view beneficial to the company, um, whether or not it's legal, uh, and particularly when they think that uh, they can't get in any trouble for it. So um, even for uh, young um, new graduates uh, who are um, employing for their, uh, applying for their first job, and, and when they're asked to, to uh, consent to a, a credit check among the other background checks that they will be asked to consent to, um, I think that they need to be attentive to that. Um, I mean, college students do have credit cards. Um, m- most of them do. Most of them have more than one. And, and, and find out, you know, are they in one of the states? Are they in California, Colorado, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Nevada, Oregon, Vermont, or Washington um, that have some protections for, um, yeah, even young um, first job out of college applicants for employment because, you know, it's just um, you know, I, I think it would be a mistake, particularly uh, you know in today's competitive job market, to just assume that well I, it's it, you know I'm I'm young. There's probably not much reason for the employer to do the credit report um, credit check on me to to assume that that's the case. Uh, I think you need to be um, uh, protective. Um, and uh, assume that the employer is going to try to gather as much information as it possibly can about you. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we could, you know, this is probably a separate show, but, you know, the degree to which employers are, are using what they can find in social media 
to make uh, employment yes, decisions absolutely. has also, you know, skyrocketed. And, you know, I, I think employers pretty consistently want to, want to gather as much information as they possibly can and to assume that they're, you know, not going to do it for a certain class of employees would probably be uh, a dangerous assumption. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, make one, do we have time, still, Dr. Go Miles, to make one Go more ahead, point? Jay. Go ahead. Um, I think another thing that's interesting out there is that, you know, there's a, is this feeling of big brother, not necessarily from big brother government, but big brother uh, employer. Um, but there are some interesting stats. I mean, the Society of Human Resources Management has performed surveys routinely, and just so people know, you know, there's only 13% of organizations conduct credit checks on all jobs. Okay, so it's not as pervasive really? as, as you might think. And four out of ten organizations do not conduct credit checks at all. Okay, and this is a relatively recent survey. And, and of that, uh, among employers who look at credit history, 87% allowed candidates the opportunity to explain the results of the report, which is interesting on a topic we talked about in the last segment. And there are several other things on here, especially, uh, and one that's really meaningful to me, it says credit history ranked the lowest on a list of criteria employers typically use in the, in the recruiting process. So wow. there's some stats out there that, yes, a great topic. Yes, it, it affects individuals and, 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 and impacts them. It means a great deal, but it's not as pervasive maybe as we might think, although it's certainly a topic and certainly uh, the 10 states that have enacted legislation there uh, think it's pretty serious, and, and that's probably not bad policy. I was going to ask both of you, do you see uh, more states uh, following the, the uh, legislation of the 10 or 11 states that are doing this? Because I'm, I'm gathering from uh, Charles that there's some legal repercussions with this. Because you're basically using a tool that's not or using the tool for other purposes than what it's supposed to be used for. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, there are uh, other states um, that have introduced legislation um, on this. Pennsylvania is one of them. Um, unfortunately, it's not going to be passed in this Commonwealth anytime soon due to the composition of our state legislature. But um, I think there are at least three others, including Pennsylvania, um, that have introduced bills of this kind. Um, and I think you're going to see uh, this trend continue among the states, particularly if the practice um, continues to grow in, in the private sector. Um, you know, I, I remember where this where this started, you know, the, the big credit reporting agencies, um, you know, they, they're very, they're, they're marketing people were very smart. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, they, they, you know, went to employers and, and they, they, uh, told a very good story about, hey, you know, these credit reports can, can tell you a lot, um, uh, of predictive, can give you a lot of predictive information about whether Joe Applicant is going to perform well on the job, whether Joe Applicant is going to um, uh, be honorable, or whether Joe Applicant is going to be dishonorable, a bad performer, and uh, potentially steal from you or your customers. And, you know, employers um, are risk-averse. They, they don't like uncertainty, so they try to, you know, absorb as much information as they can, and when there is doubt, um, uh, they will, uh, you know, choose invariably to to uh, make a decision that creates the the least amount of risk for them. Um, the problem again is is um, comparing uh, uh, objective data and and what we know from empirics uh, with um, sort of the subjective state of mind that doesn't 
that isn't really grounded in much. And again, the, the, the research, the scientific data, uh, simply doesn't show a correlation between any information in a credit report and performance on the job or whether an employee is going to be an honest or a dishonest employee. Now, that being said, um, one of the luxuries that employers have in this country, subject to very few exceptions, is the luxury of uh, engaging in subjective decision-making. Um, and, and that's Absolutely. What, yeah, and, and that's, that's really what this is all about. Now, we, play, we, we, we put limits on that, um, you know, in, in, in certain situations. Uh, you know, y- you may not like African-Americans, uh, but you know what? As a matter of public policy in this country, we don't let you make hiring decisions on that basis. And the same goes for the other big categories, you know, disability, uh, uh, age, and so on. And the question is, um, and we're going to see the states continuing to wrestle with this, is this one of those um, you know, situations where as a matter of public policy, uh, we just don't want um, employers considering this type of information. Truth be told, I think that more and more states are going to pass bills, um, laws of the kind that have been passed by the 10 that have already enacted the laws, but they're going to include, they're going to be compromise um, laws that include carve-outs for financial institutions and banks mm-hmm. and that include carve-outs for high-level executive positions or people with high-end fiduciary responsibilities. That's just the, the legislative trade-off um, that I think we're going to see in these laws, but I do think we're going to see more and more states enact them. And I, I'll go one step further. I think the this is Jay Meshke, by the way. The um, I think you're right, Charles. I mean, this the, the credit report may disappear over time as a tool in the hiring process, and and but employers will come up with other tools to try to gauge predictability of success. You know, we could have another show about the use of. Uh, of um, what I've called testing and assessment, psychological testing and assessment. Mm-hmm. Is that valid in terms of, mm-hmm. of a tool? And there, I, I think when one tool goes out to a box, another tool will probably come in. And, uh, but I think it all goes back to employers investing a lot of money in a prospective employee with training and everything else. There's an investment there, and they want to make sure that they can, at a low cost, determine whether or not they have a high predictability of success for that person to be a, a good quality employee. And so uh, that's, an, again, uh, we've got a couple more short shows for you here, Dr. Miles, after today. <laughs> so uh, well, maybe you'll have to put well, it on the docket you know, again. Which, which, is, which is one of the, I mean, it kind of goes back to one of the problems that a lot of people on my side have with this business right. practice. You know, employer, they can run these reports. It doesn't cost a lot. And so employers almost have an incentive to screen out Everyone with a blip on their credit report, um, no matter the position and, and no matter how big the blip is. Uh, why? Because they know that everyone they do hire at least will have good credit. So, yeah. Well, hey, I'm going to have to jump in. Sure. <laughs> we're, we're coming to our time. We could do this another hour. I want to thank uh, our guests today, Charles Lamberton and Jay Meske. You guys were awesome today. I want to thank you for being on our show today. And uh, let me leave a quote for the week. This will probably knock your socks off. <laughs> the, the creditors are a superstitious sect. Great observers of said days and times. That was by Benjamin Franklin. Well, I'm out of here. I want to thank you for joining us on Game On Business Talk. I'm DeAnthony Miles. I will see you next week. I want to thank you so much for an awesome show today. We'll talk to you later and see you next week.
Thank you again for listening to Game On Business Talk Radio. Please join your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles, again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll engage in more unique and exciting discussion topics then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.